we've been we've been talking as a family of God about uh, the names of Jesus. He shall be called. There's this just this classic. If if there is one passage in the Old Testament that that speaks of Christmas, and it is the passage of Isaiah chapter uh, nine verse six, where it says, and we can have it on the screen with us here today. Uh, for unto us a child is born. Let's say this together. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We've been talking about these different names that, uh, that, that the prophet Isaiah gave to Jesus. There's several names that are spoken of for God but these four have significance and profound impact for us. And this week, as we come across this passage, we, we, we started with wonderful counselor the first week and, and recognize that word wonderful it refers to a divine wonder. It's not just a, a term that was used to say how something on earth is wonderful. It was a distinction of something divine, something from heaven is wonderful. And so it tells us that Jesus his name, Wonderful Counselor, lets us know that divine wisdom comes from him. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what darkness we're going through, we can be guided by him. And that was obviously important to the nation of Israel at this time because they, and the land of Judah because they were just under a dark time. They had, their neighbor Israel, the northern tribe, had just been taken over by Assyria. And there was a war going on right at their doorstep. And they thought they were next. And so they cried out to God, what's going to happen, Lord? And the prophet Isaiah told them this word. You're going to have a wonderful divine counselor given to you. And then he said, the second word of, of mighty God reminds us that God's strength is mighty. He's powerful. He can overcome everything. And, and that's important to them. It was important to us to know that as well. And so today we look at this third name of everlasting father. And by far, of all these four names, it's probably the one that's, that's the most odd, the most peculiar. Because you look at the context, it's saying to us, we're going to have a child, a son, and he's going to be the dad. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, just on, on face value, what, what were they thinking when they heard these words? You're going to have a child, a son. You're, uh, the, the, the child represents he's human. The son that's given to us represents that he comes from God. And yet, he's the everlasting father. And, and, and so, I mean, that's a very confusing thought just there, but it points to, in essence, the, 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 the doctrine or the foundational principle of, of our faith and of the Trinity. And this name shows us that the name of Jesus connects Jesus to the Trinity. Now, now Jesus himself, he sets it all straight in John chapter 14 when he talks to his followers by telling them these words. He says, as he was uh, tell, talking to uh, the followers and trying to describe to them uh, his significance, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And if that didn't set it straight for everybody, don't, don't feel like you're alone because the disciples themselves were still a little bit confused on that. They said, Lord, will show us the father and we'll be satisfied. 
Jesus replied, he says, I've been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe in the work that you have seen me do. So we have Jesus trying to set this and unpack this aspect of the baby Jesus is also the Father God. Uh, he, he says in, in, in verse 6, he, he makes this distinction for us. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so he makes this distinction that Jesus, the, the baby, is different than God the Father. There is, there is a distinction here. But then he also pulls it together by saying in, in uh, verse 7, if you had really known me, then you would also know who the Father is. So he makes this reference by saying, even though they're distinct, there is an essence, a, a, a characteristic that we share. There is a, a, a communion that we have together. As you see me, you see him. So obviously the disciples are still not clear about it. And they're basically saying, well, we still kind of don't get it. Why don't you just show us who the father is? And, and, and so we can get very, very clear about that. And. It, it, you know, it's if they're saying, okay, so, you know, you, you just sort of like, like, here's dad now, and then we'll get it. Okay, so we get it that you are distinguishingly different. You're two different people, um, but you're the same somehow. And, and so it's easy to believe that perhaps, perhaps what Jesus is trying to say is that we're, we're, we're two different people, but we share the same agenda. Uh, we have the same purpose. But that's not what he says. Or, or perhaps it's, it's, you know, they're trying to clear up the confusion by saying, well, maybe you're just the, the same person, but you got different titles. We can call you Jesus. We can call you Father. You know, we can interchange those. And he goes, no, that's, that's not what I'm saying either because... The Father is different than, than the Son, than Jesus. What, what, what is clear is when he does get to, to verse 9 and 10, when he says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Let's, let's be very, very clear about this, everyone. Let's truly understand that he didn't say that Jesus and the Father are the same person, they just have different titles. He didn't say that. He made it very clear as well that he, it's not just that they're two different people, two different entities with, with a similar agenda. He, he wasn't saying that as well. He's saying that we're in each other. We are one. We are one. And it may be hard for us to grasp, but I think one of the best metaphors, the best object lessons we have on this earth is water, is ice, and is steam. You look at the entity, we have a picture of it, if you don't mind, please. You know, it, it, it's liquid, 
it's hard and it's a gas and it can be all interconnected molecularly at the same time. And yet there are three distinct things. Water, solid, ice, and, and mist. And so we see this essence of God, this, this, uh, of who he is, this essence of Jesus. Make it very, very clear. Isaiah was telling us that God is that son. Make it very clear that, that, I, that when Mary was giving birth, she was giving birth to God. God in the flesh. The scripture tells us in, in John, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. Before there was anything in Colossians, it says that, that Jesus ruled over all things and became here in this world. And so there's this, this key distinction about this truth is that don't be fooled by cults, cults who will claim that Jesus is different than the Father, they're the same, and maybe that they are transcendent entities that are spiritual. But there are cults and churches that may call themselves Christian that are saying that they're not the same one, that they're different. Don't be fooled by that. Because know this particular truth, know this particular truth that, you know, Jesus did say to us in, in John 5.21 that we are that Jesus and the Father are one. Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom He's pleased to give it. Because Jesus is God. He controls eternity in His hands. If you will, if you were to go to His office and knock on His door on the, on the label, it would say, Eternity Administrator. He, he's the one that's in control of it. And because of that, catch this then, make sure you know this. Because of that, Jesus hands out and gives out eternity to whoever he likes. And he loves us all. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not come into this world to condemn it but to save it through him. He came to hand out eternity. To us all. So, so the key question for us is, and the key challenge for us is, have you received eternity from Jesus? From Jesus. Oftentimes we, 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 we find sometimes that we, we come to church having been raised with the knowledge of God, knowing who God is, even knowing who Jesus is, and and we believe perhaps a, a, for a very, very long time about Jesus, but we've never, never received eternity from God, Jesus. Or, or perhaps we, we come to church or come back to God or come back to, to faith in Him, crying out like people in the darkness, crying out like the nation of Judah did, show me something, show me something, God, and, and receive that Savior, but we don't receive eternity. We receive that salvation, but we don't receive that, that oneness that He has with us. 
Because in John chapter 14, Jesus went on to talk about this union by saying, He says, At a moment, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit. He leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now He's living with you now in Jesus and later will be in you. So there's a dual-fold, if you will, application of this question. Have we received eternity from Jesus? You know, he offers to us eternity like a package. It's a gift. There's nothing we can do to receive it. But we do need to open it up and take it out of its box and go, thank you, I receive eternity from you, Jesus. Because you died on a cross for me. And then there is this oneness that we can have with him. This eternity oneness through his Holy Spirit. When the apostle Peter was talking about that in the book of Acts, he he spoke about Jesus being crucified and and being raised for us to receive him. And the people asked, well, what are we, what are we supposed to do? And, and Peter said, basically, open up the package and receive the Holy Spirit through baptism. He said it in these words in Acts chapter 2, 38. Be, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Repent means to turn your mind away from the things of this world. Stop letting the world be your God. Let Jesus be God, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children who are all far off and for all whom the Lord our God will call. So when we receive this gift from Jesus of eternity, there's a oneness that we can receive with Him. Not just a a knowing of, okay, I'm saved, but a oneness with Him in His Holy Spirit now, and that's a receiving thing. That's a heart issue. It's a, it's a spirit issue of opening our hearts and letting His Spirit reside in us. It happens sometimes outside of baptism, but there's a guarantee it does happen within baptism as well. So let me just invite you, church, you can be baptized today. We have a change of clothes. We have, we have towels. And why wait? We have water. And we have the Holy Spirit. We have the oneness with Jesus. We have Father God in the Son, in the Holy Spirit. We have His presence, this gift. It's given to us. The greatest Christmas gift of all. And so I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. And if you want to receive Jesus' eternal, eternal gift of love, I invite you to pray with me about that. If you want to receive His Holy Spirit through baptism today, I'll invite you to do that as well. Let's say a prayer and let's let's receive this this gift of eternity, everlasting Father in Jesus. Father God, we thank You for sending Your Son. We thank You, Lord, that You are one in Jesus, one with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes our life is upside down. And sometimes we have believed about You but never really received our lives in You. And so I just want to give anybody a chance right now, if they want to receive Jesus, they can just pray with me. Thank You, Jesus, 
that you are God, you are Lord and Savior. I accept you as my God. I accept you as my Lord. Thank you for the gift of eternity. Change me, mold me with the union as I receive your Holy Spirit. I receive him right now in my heart. And I thank you, God, that you are with me forever. And I am with you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. If you